0: Welcome to the Veloce podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. So, welcome to episode one with me, Richard Bott, and my co-host, Kat Impey. Um, This is our podcast. It's all about our view on the world of motorsport, cars and driving. Um, the reason i don't know whether we're exactly qualified to talk about it but but the, the reason we we're here
1: <laughs> <laughs> we are
0: <laughs> so kat and i are both uh, racing drivers and um high performance driving coaches um which is why we're here banging on about these things and um, we also have a company called veloci driving which is a company that does all kinds of different things really to do with driver development uh, we run driving tours, we sell simulators, and we generally help people to um, enjoy their driving, if you like, and enjoy their cars. Um, so that's probably what this the podcast is about. It's, it's an extension of that, in effect, really. But I thought we'd start, really, we're talking a little bit about where we come from and how we ended up involved in this world, really. So starting with you then, Kat, so what got you involved in Motracing in the first place?
1: So this is a question I get asked a lot, and I feel like the answer changes a little bit each time. But is that because pre- you're making it up? <laughs> predominantly, uh, it's my, really down to my dad, not because he pushed me into it or anything like that. I appreciate that's kind of how it sounds when I say that. Quite the opposite. He uh, always loved cars pro- and motorsport, but more cars than motorsport, let's say. Uh, and when I was about, gosh, I don't know how old I was. Seven, something like that. He came back one day. I knew nothing about this, but he came back one day with a replica AC Cobra and that. Um, really, just kind of made me realise how exciting cars can be. Because up to that point, I'd never really seen anything that interesting, to be honest. So V8, um, side pipes, convertible. Unfortunately, not a real one, but I mean, it was a very good replica. And that for me was a real turning point with cars. Um, and I remember many a time sat in the garage, you know, with my friends, my teddy bears, <laughs> pretending to drive it, that kind of thing. And I used to love going out in it. Uh, so that started with the car side so my dad started to take take me with him to some of the uh, car clubs and um, you know just these events you can get around the UK and then I started asking to go and watch a motor race so the first thing he took me to was a, a touring car meeting actually um, I think it was at Donington at the time and that so had
0: this been a Sierra Cosworth kind of time or was A bit later than uh,
1: slightly later than that
0: super slightly
1: touring slightly later yeah it was um it had um alan menu um, oh yeah super touring then yeah. yeah yeah all those guys in it were really really good um so so that's when suddenly i started to really get into motorsport which my dad couldn't quite believe to be honest um so I started watching F1, touring car, Le Mans, that kind of thing. And eventually um, I, I really had to pester to go to Le Mans because it was like a boys thing they did every year. And obviously my dad wasn't keen on really taking me with him, but eventually took me in, And then of course seeing so many cars, so many different types of, you know, sports cars, supercars, you know, prototypes, all that kind of thing uh, on the grid at once. And that's when I thought, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do for a living. Um, I mean, it wasn't that simple, obviously, <laughs> but that's certainly how I how I how it begun. That's how it started. But what about what what about yourself?
0: Well, I suppose fairly similar, really. My my parents both love motor racing. Um, my dad's sadly no longer with us, but my mum still loves it, uh, and she watches speedway and anything anything with wheels and an engine in it. Really, she's up for it. Um, so I kind of grew up in that environment. Um, I also loved cars. My dad had some quite cool cars. He had, um, relatively speaking, I remember he had a Dolomite Sprint when I was very young and then he had a Cavalier SRI. I remember going, we used to go to watch stock cars a lot mm. um, in, in places like Bellevue in Manchester and, and Luma Road in Stoke. And we were there one night, and we had his Cavalier SRI then. And I remember some drunk bloke coming up to him and having a go at him for not getting an XR three, <laughs> um, which I thought was quite funny because I thought he should have had an XR three as well. Oh, to be fair, really? <laughs> <laughs> they I loved his Cavalier. When you look at it now, they look so old. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so my dad was my dad liked his cars and he loved motorsport. Um, and i remember the next door neighbor where we lived at the time used to buy cars and do them up and sell them so i used to love that i used to all constantly on his drive looking through the windows mm-hmm. <laughs> and he bought some terrible things as well. yeah. yeah yeah so so that kind of got me into it and i, I actually wanted to be a rally driver at first because mm. we used to go and watch that um but um i suppose circuit racing was probably seemed a little bit more accessible i think really so i, I knew yeah. somebody with a or I met somebody that got a Formula Ford, and I kind of got into it that that way. A little I bit, think we
1: do need a connection, or, well, yeah. not necessarily, but I think it's easier if you have a connection because, oh gosh, the amount of people you know we meet now that aren't sure how to get involved and
0: no, no, well, I just so have no idea. There are
1: variations, isn't there? Absolutely. And obviously, money is a big factor too. Yes.
0: Um, I mean, what happened with me? I used to read the, the adverts at the back of Autosport offering drives, and I, and I got talking to Lannan, is mm-hmm. funny enough you you you, yeah, you, you drove for them yeah. didn't you um and the guy who was running it then was a guy called robin webster mm-hmm. um and I, I was gonna do a test um, and he taught me into going to do um a driving school instead yeah. um which which was aintree racing Driver school that i subsequently went on to be an instructor for but um i went and did a did a their introductory course there and drove a formula Ford for the first time I um, yeah
1: i mean there's lots i mean we could go on and on about um, our backgrounds and things, but I think what we'll do is each week we'll do a little bit, won't we? On yes. on us and, and and kind of our journey. And it's not necessarily because we want to talk about ourselves, but um, there's a lot of people that want to get involved in motorsport, um, and it's it's quite difficult to know how to. And I think listening to people's journeys, we have quite different backgrounds, don't we? So yes, um, I think can give people certainly an insight of different ways of getting involved. And
0: yeah, and depending um, on what you want to do, you know, if somebody came to me now if they'd got a 14 year old child that wants to race or they were a man in their forties that wants to, you know, club racing, mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously different ways you'd go about that, but it, well, now we would know how to point people in the right direction. Absolutely, wouldn't really that's,
1: that's the beauty of experience, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm sure everybody in hindsight wishes that they'd done things differently when they were younger in some ways, but yeah, yeah so that's where hopefully we can, we can help others a- along the way, I suppose.
0: Absolutely. So, so talking about motorsport then, um, it's obviously been um, the, the sort of first busiest weekend in the in the year. Yeah. Really, we had the Monte Carlo Rally the weekend before that, yeah. um, which we were hoping Elvin Evans would win, but he didn't even finish second, yeah. which is better Still. than the, he finished third the previous year. So yeah, absolutely, he's gone one better. But Long I think way
1: to go yet with that.
0: Absolutely, I think the biggest thing that happened in the last sort of seven days was was the Daytona 24 hours, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah, great, um, great race actually. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many people um have had chance to watch it i know overall the subscribers and viewings have gone up and up yes. and up
0: and it's quite a difficult thing to find
1: yeah i think that's kind of the only thing i would say with imsa is it could be easier uh, to find ultimately but it is absolutely worth it subscribing and watching stuff like this i mean sports cars I think it's it's gonna hit a very magical era. Oh, absolutely! It's about um, to go to a golden we're on the beer, cusp, Definitely, cusp of that, I believe. Yeah, so great 24 hours, very eventful. I mean, even right at the end, last lap, you still didn't know who was gonna win, no. and that's what I love about sports cars. I mean, we're both massive fans of Formula One, aren't we? But it's very different, and I think sports cars. I mean, there's a lot of uh, XF1 drivers in it, and, and I mean, Kevin Magnusson's just oh, yeah. moved across, hasn't he? Um, yeah. With Ganassi Motorsport, and his his debut was at the Daytona 24 Hours. and um, I, I'm sure he's probably wondering why he didn't move over sooner, oh, to absolutely. be honest. I
0: mean, he, like he, we, we've said, haven't we? That he, he wonders, I wonder if he thinks he wasted the last sort of four or five years of his career really messing around trying to look after tyres that didn't want to know and, and score, a point. Know, <laughs> to score a point
1: rather than score the entire win absolutely uh, but that said I think the great thing for anybody who gets to Formula One is you are to a point sorted for life then with yeah. any other series yeah, so, but it is still the pinnacle so, so certainly for somebody like Kevin firstly it's an incredibly tough thing to do Formula One but it hopefully opens more doors like it has straight into one of the top teams And this that's not an easy thing to do and I think he proved his worth Um, well gosh they could have got the win couldn't they absolutely Um, and if it wasn't really for they had two punchers very unlucky with that four minutes to go or something yeah absolutely really unlucky because Scott Dixon had a puncher first and then uh, yeah, it's, it was really unfortunate, but I, what a great race, really. Um, so, and, of course, you've got so many categories. There's, what, five categories now? Five categories
0: um, in IMSA, yeah.
1: Which, uh, you know, because you've got LMP1, 2, and 3, and then GTLM and then GTD.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but they're going to move it in 20... Is it 2023 when it all changes? Or yeah, is so, it...
0: that, that, so they're trying to get close to what they're doing at Le Mans, aren't they? I think mm. that's the idea. Yeah. So Le Mans's got its hypercars. Uh, but they aren't going to run at IMSA mm-hmm. so they've got the LMDH Le Mans Daytona hybrids yeah. um, which is a great concept because it's going to be essentially the LMP2 chassis so if you're even if you're Porsche you go and buy your chassis from from Orica or, yeah. or uh, Dallara or whoever it is uh, you then get the hybrid system from Williams and then you put your own engine in it mm-hmm. and you can make it look how you want but it's it's all quite closely controlled Um costs are kept down all that kind of stuff but you'll be able to run that car at Daytona or at Le Mans World Endurance Series, IMSA. However, you want to run it, they'll be exactly the same cars. Yeah. And of course, what is doing is it's getting. They, they tend to get a lot of the IndyCar drivers in. So, like mm-hmm. you had, Alex Rossi won the race. Yeah,
1: exactly. You Scott know, Scott Dixon. Yeah. Pagano,
0: yeah. people, you know, people, yeah. you know were, a lot of them were in there. Yeah. And obviously, you've now got people like and There'll be other F1 drivers coming across. Oh, I've no Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, um, Magnussen was on fire, really. Oh, absolutely, um, he was. Yeah. He really. I, I'm sure. Well, every interview I saw, he was buzzing, completely buzzing yeah. the entire time. Because, of course, as a, a racing driver, you want to win. You want to be in a chance of winning and fighting for that. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the only thing, unfortunately, for Formula One. And it has always been like that to a point. Is um, if you're in a team that just hasn't got the the budget, or for whatever reason, isn't performing it doesn't matter how good you are you you're no, just absolutely. not in no. you know unless it's wet and something goes wrong and yes. people go off. i know we had a a couple of races like that last year but uh well overall, I
0: mean, we, we, we talked last year about the the, the spa 24 hours which had more yeah. you know oh that was brilliant you couldn't take your eyes off it for 24 hours you know that and was it,
1: probably my favorite out of all the, the different categories and you know championships and things i think that's probably the best race of the season for me yes um,
0: and yeah, again had some really amazing special. drivers in it you know yeah. Yeah. Um, just incredible depth of talent in the field absolutely. which you know there's, there's, there's incredible depth in the field in F1 no, no, no doubt about it but it's so tied up with what car you're in yeah um, and Grosjean got into trouble for saying it's almost not really a sport yeah. and I think that's what's going to attract more people into sports cars
1: yeah absolutely because they, there is always this argument I wouldn't necessarily agree with this but a lot of people say you know like with well, Lewis well he only needs to beat one other guy or maybe Verstappen as well I wouldn't say that's necessarily fair because part of the game Um, is getting in the right car absolutely it's everything is a package and you can't take it away from from him in any way shape or form but the one thing with sports cars is that whole grid the the teams are much closer aren't they so so you get a lot more different uh, winners I suppose off the back of that so for a racer that's great really it's a really extreme challenge and tough and hard racing
0: I mean the, the the other thing. I mean, I've been in love with it for for as long as I can remember. That that's growing and growing and growing is IndyCar. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of people, you know, from Europe in f one drivers and things now looking at IndyCar. I mean, this year, this week, Grosjean's announced that he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, he's not doing the ovals. He said he's not ready for ovals. I think he shunned at the end of last year. Well,
1: I'm not surprised. It's made him think
0: twice about that a little bit. I mean, yeah. I get that. I mean, the ovals are not as dangerous as they as they were, but they are still more oh, dangerous yeah. than than. than and Road racing.
1: From my understanding, it t- it does take quite a lot of adjustment because, um, like things like when the car oversteers, you're not meant to you've steer to into it, it, and all that kind of stuff, which I imagine is incredibly hard yeah. when you've done circuit racing all your life. And um, and yeah, like you say, he had an awful horrific accident, um, which is really shocking because even though we know it's a dangerous sport and we we sign a, to say we're aware of that before we compete, it's still a shock because we don't. We're fortunate that we don't see incidents like that very often
0: no um, but so I it's bound to play on
1: his mind um,
0: absolutely because once he gets into it I mean the, the, he did very well in things like Formula 2 and Formula 3 and you know where where, where the cars were more equal he was you yeah, know he won everything mm-hmm. um, it's only when he got into F1 and interestingly in F1 Pirelli said that there were two drivers who made them look at how they constructed the tyres because there were two drivers who would push them over the limit of time one was Lewis the other was, was Grosjean yeah. so you know where yeah, I, he mm-hmm. may well be better than his results in F1 have shown Oh
1: absolutely, no doubt, doubt about that and I think there's so many other factors like are you settled with the team um, you know teammate as well it, you know what it's like, the pressure of Formula 1 and the media and so you only need people starting to question question you or anything like that mentally Yeah, your head
0: goes down Absolutely,
1: because and... it's, it's such a mental game as well as physically being able to do it so yeah, no doubt at all that he can physically do it but I think he's quite an emotional character and that actually isn't always a good thing in in that kind of situation and I think, um, yeah, his head drops basically and he makes silly mistakes that kind of thing, which is a shame because actually he's brilliant and I'm sure in IndyCar um, because it is a different atmosphere, uh, a different environment you might see the other side of him
0: yeah, well I mean people like Paz you know and Bourdais have probably spoke to him you know they, they, they all know each other they all grew up racing together you know and they have they they'll have said to him look you need to come and have a look at this yeah and, and cars are amazing the series is amazing you know I mean we've got one of the biggest names in international motorsport now going there which is Scott McLaughlin you yeah. know one of the most exciting talents in the world really yeah dominated V8 supercars in Australia
1: well that's it isn't it is there, actually not many people might know who he is actually but no. um... Like you say, um, Aussie V8, uh, he's been pretty much untouchable, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: brilliant, won everything.
1: Doing things with the car that not many other people can yes. do, really. <laughs>
0: There's a great bit on YouTube, isn't there, of him going around the outside on a street circuit.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. breaking
0: something around the outside,
1: Yeah. which, he's, is, which
0: is amazing. And he was so, supposed to make his debut last year, but COVID stuck it to totally green yeah. and that was the end of that. It'll
1: well, be great to see him as well. And um, yeah, IndyCar is another thing. I have to admit, I watched when I was younger and then I went for years not watching it. Because it became was, hard to find. And there was like you had the division of car yeah, and you yeah. know and all that. So um so I yeah, we'll admittedly. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> admittedly I, I stopped watching it, but getting back into it. And if anybody says, Oh, they just go round and round, well, you know, they they've got so many street circuits as well, proper circuits, um that, you know it's not all ovals well, it's
0: more um, it's more normal circuits than it is oval. that's absolutely. what Grosjean said he didn't realise it was as it was there's something like he's doing like 13 rounds because yeah. they're all the road and street yeah, circuits
1: yeah exactly, exactly so yeah even if you're not so keen on watching the ovals you know it's definitely worth watching the others um, because it's it's incredibly close and almost every meeting is a different winner yes isn't it? you know um, for sure so what about if we move on to s- Formula 1 then for a moment what's going on with
0: yeah the well I think one? the 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 only thing that's happened of significance really was science had a run out in a twenty eighteen car at Fiorano. Okay. Um, I presume that was on sort of what the like demonstration tires and it wasn't on proper tires and everything else. But right. it gives him a chance to learn a bit about how the team works and settle in and what's the systems. Uh, I think the clerk came to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> he yeah. yeah. A Keep little an eye out. Look. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. He's always bound to what he's you know he's a new. Uh, challenger yes. Science, I think has become stronger and stronger and stronger with yes. experience and I mean last year he, he really got some great results uh, in the McLaren and I think uh, I mean I think it's going to be a tall order um, against somebody like Charles Leclerc because I think he's one of the best drivers of all time um, and he's very very special but I do think Science has got stronger and if he can keep a, a strong head it all depends on the environment and ferrari are quite emotional aren't they and they are can be quite political they um are. so that could that could be something that may be a change i'm sure we'll feel very different anyway to mclaren yes. say, as a as a atmosphere but
0: but his dad was you know Carlos Sainz senior was was ultra successful mm. and knows how to play the game and how to approach things everything else um, and i'm not saying he's playing the game by doing this but there was, a, there was a big thing made that he went out to see the Tifosi, you know, he went out yeah. and he got a fire truck and went out to the fence to talk to the fans. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a big part of being a Ferrari driver. Oh,
1: absolutely. And getting that backing will carry you further, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, a lot of the drivers have said about that last year, you know, no fans at the circuit and the difference in the atmosphere and yeah. how much they miss that kind of buzz, mm. really, and that support. And you see that every time, you know, uh, some, well, like we've had in the past with Damon Hill and Lewis and Jensen when they go to the British Grand Prix and they, you know, they often perform even better, don't they? Yes. Um, because of having that kind of push from, from the crowd, really. Yes. So hopefully we'll get spectators back out, hopefully. Yes. You know, but the, I mean, the Ferrari we'll fans,
0: even, you know, they're a big part of, of, of being they? a Ferrari driver, you know, and they like their Spaniards you know you yeah. think they had Alonso, they had patago back in the day you know people like that you know they, 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 you'll speak italian
1: yeah
0: um it'd be interesting to see how that how that plays out really between yeah. him and the clerk really yeah okay so moving on to road cars then for a little while um a few interesting things happening this week the first one i thought that, that kind of stood out to me was what's happening with tvr now i used to do a lot of work for tvr back in the 90s worked on a lot of the track days and everything else and they were brilliant things they were so different to anything else uh, almost like a little cottage industry if you went to their factory you'd be astounded that anything ever came out of there really that well, worked. they were
1: quite um, futuristic at the time. Oh they, they like were. If you think of the designs Until you went and the saw colours, how they were built. Uh, Yeah
0: they were. They were fabulous. Yeah
1: I know I know there's lots of you know talk uh, about the quality as such oh, but yes. I mean, they were never a big company.
0: Were but you talk to customers and people would say I've had four engines in mine and they were dead pleased <laughs> with it you know they loved it. Um, but they've been on a bit now. Gordon Murray, I believe, has had something to do with the design of the new one. Mm. The new Griffith, as it's called. But it's been going on for years. Mm. Um, they've had another £2 million out of their backers, which is to do with coronavirus and business interruption scheme. Right. Um, so do you but, think
1: they will end up, you know, because, like you say, in the industry of... her clients talk about it, colleagues talk about it, but nothing seems to ever happen No,
0: so they don't do seem to be any nearer apparently they've got £40 million pounds worth of orders which is a year's worth of orders right. um, but I mean how much patience are people going to have with that if the car never appears, that you know, it's helps. not developed so it could really, be yeah. crap, yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, well, who knows not, but
1: um, yeah, I mean Well it's a bit I like Lotus,
0: you know, with Lotus spent all that money developing the Evora to try and compete with the Cayman and missed by miles because what was it ever going to be like a Cayman, you know?
1: Mm. I mean, I quite like the Avora, but yeah, yeah I, but uh, when you look at the, the price, I don't get a Cayman. You'd need you, you'd be blowing <laughs> your
0: brains out if you bought that over a Cayman, though, so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: depends. With the I shouldn't say this, but the engine that's now <laughs> currently in the Cayman. Well,
0: yeah, but they've well, Porsche <laughs> realised he made a mistake with that now and they've put the mm-hmm. sort of six cylinder back in, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, you know? yeah, and there's not no replacement that, to for that be car fair, inside,
1: you know, not that there's anything wrong with the four cylinder, it's just
0: it's a good engine to drive
1: absolutely and there's nothing wrong with it i think all it is is um you so we're so used to a flat six i suppose aren't we and, and that's
0: why people bought that car
1: you know it, it's, it's such a big part of porsche i suppose anyway we're, we're getting sidetracked here from TVR a bit but uh, yeah yeah so I, I i wonder if we will ever really see another tbr again i hope so because i think cars are changing and there's a lot of people that kind of still want the old school type of car yeah but I you know, don't know whether it's ever going to be that
0: I'll be allowed to build that in this day and yeah, age you know I mean yeah. apparently they asked for 25 million so that's probably quite telling that the end might be in sight you know yeah yeah um,
1: well but, I suppose we just have to watch this space won't we and, and wait and see really
0: yeah but from one company that's got no money to and a company, another company that's got far too much mm. BMW this week or this last couple of weeks have announced the BMW M5 Club Sport mm a car which i cannot see the point of i've got to be <laughs> honest with you so the m5 i've always loved m5s and the current one for me the pick of the bunch is the normal car mm. which as there seems to be the way we BMW now you can only get the m5 competition now which of course is that little bit stiffer a little bit more aggressive which is not really what an m5 is supposed to be about an m5 is supposed to be about um you know, still being a 5 series pretty much mm. just the flagship one that's that's also a bit of a nutter that does everything you want a car to yeah. almost a perfect road car in a lot of ways because yeah. it's quiet it's refined but it still makes the right noises and goes like a lunatic yeah. so to then make that really stiff mm. kind of moves away from it a little bit and of course the club sport is like stripped out stiffened up mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not what an M5 is to me
1: yeah I think there's a lot of this though isn't there With well look at most manufacturers now and they have so many Oh, obviously, different cars and variants of that car, and yeah. and I think it's getting to a point where they're trying to please literally anybody and everybody. Well, I just don't see it who's gets, buying
0: that car. Whether it's whether it's there's a new one coming, and that's what mm, we, this is what we could have done if we'd been allowed to.
1: I just feel though, if they're not careful, some of these manufacturers start to lose their identity, and things like you know the club sport, and the M badge, all these things start to not really mean anything anymore. Um, no. And and I think that's. Uh, I mean, there will be people that will love that because they'll want something big enough for the family, yeah, big and, enough, yeah, and, but and fun and, and and so on. But you know, gosh, I'd get an M four probably personally. Then, <laughs> or, you, you know, get it? yeah, so, uh, yeah, but, yeah. I want so, the standard so, M
0: five. Is all that's the car, be the car for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, I get that. Uh, I personally yeah the m5 isn't something for me personally but but yeah i think there are so many variations of each model now that i always think they they start to lose their identity a bit because then you start thinking what's the point then of having well they just don't see what it
0: is an an m4 or an m3 or
1: an m2 you know so you start thinking but m2
0: club sport little car slips out stiffer. you get that use that on track what are you gonna do with an m5 club sport Mm. Yeah, it's oh, now can... it's now an M five that, but not as good.
1: Yeah, certainly not as comfortable. No, <laughs> but um, I do think there yeah, there will be people that, well, have a family that think right, I want a car that can do everything. But the thing is, the, the current M five can do that really. yeah because unless you're, which obviously you can't on the road, explore the car, you know, obviously you can still experience a good handling car on the road, can't you, and enjoy that. But but once you're getting into kind of close sport stuff. I don't know if you really benefit with you know from that on the road. No, necessarily because no,
0: it's not a GT3, is it? You know. Yeah. So, hey, but I mean, talk
1: there is a massive, you know, oh, well, massive demand. I don't to, think there's a I massive
0: demand for it. But you know, well, anyway, we'll we'll, we'll see. It just it, I think it's more of a. I don't know, Just trying to all my marketing exercise of what we could have done. It's got like four bucket seats in it instead of a back seat. And,
1: okay. uh, anyway, it'll be interesting. To see we'll see. Hopefully, it's on. Yeah. hopefully,
0: we'll get to drive one at some point. Yeah,
1: yeah, you might change the tune then. <laughs> well, going the other way,
0: Porsche have have done the opposite. They've announced a entry level Taycan. So this mm. is going to be a rear wheel drive car. That's a it's a lot lot lighter than a normal car. Mm-hmm. Just two wheel drive, rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. It's got the same performance figures as the 4S. S. Um, still got the same motors and everything else. This so sounds what like an car. about range
1: things, is that...
0: Oh, it's that... Same, so you're looking at 250, 300 miles.
1: Okay, okay. so it's not like you can then lose out on the range. No,
0: this will be a game-changer, I think. Yeah. I mean, the Taycan is typical Porsche. You know, the Porsche think, right, we're going to build an electric car, we'll build the best one you can buy. Yeah. Which is what they did with the Taycan. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you drive a turbo, it's ridiculous, isn't it, how oh, fast yeah. it is and everything else.
1: Although, I mean, obviously I know we're both massive Porsche fans anyway, but, um, yeah, the Taycan, uh, I mean, I'm not yet a massive fan of electric cars, so that might change and i know we have to move with the times uh, but i have to admit that the Taycan, every variation of Taycan that i've driven is an amazing car it you know the fact that it is big and heavy and compliant yet it handles like it's much smaller yeah. agile sports car yeah and um, for an electric car it has some character which is which is nice not as much ca- character to me as um you know some of the cars that they produce but it's very clever what it's they've a, done it's and a I step think, in
0: the right direction isn't it
1: absolutely so if they can make it even lighter a rear-wheel drive and a bit more character um, to
0: drive then
1: I think certainly for, for people that love rear-wheel drive and love a sports car there, there's an electric sports car for them, really. So yes. I think, um, I think so. well, Taycan's been hugely popular, hasn't it? Yes, you, know, yes. Like you just see if do a two-door so.
0: coupe version.
1: I think that would be the alternate. Yeah,
0: you know, like a 928, 8, but an electric one.
1: I think they probably will eventually, because we're going to see more and more electric, aren't we? Yes. I'm not sure if that's the only thing we'll see is electric. I think you know maybe hydrogen and other things in the future um, as well. But, yeah, I think at this moment in time that's what they'll focus on. It's trying here. to find
0: something that creates a bit of character and people want to drive. Exactly,
1: because when you're something like Porsche, you're having clients that love cars and driving. So it's very important those cars are fun to drive, sound good, have character, mm. that kind of thing. Things that
0: will be classic cars in the future. Yeah, you
1: know. yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing with the takeout it does have a natural noise as well, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, so it's, obviously it sounds nothing like a combustion engine, but it has a, a natural... Sound and it's quite. I mean, it's quite cool actually. It's quite quirky and yeah. futuristic, isn't it? It's like something out of I don't know, Star Wars or something. Yeah, but, it, uh, yeah, <laughs> a
0: like a pod racer.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so talking of classic cars, then, if you could own a classic car, what what would you get?
1: Um, <laughs> what would I have? um So I was going to say an AC Cobra, but that's really boring. So I mentioned the AC Cobra earlier. <laughs> but the reason that jumps to mind isn't just because my dad had a a a replica one but that was quite a game changer of a car really if you think when it was actually made the era it was in how fast it was how good it was how much character it had um, so a real one of those. Obviously, I know. <laughs> so, gosh, I, I dread well, to think Hamilton's how much they are two. now. Really, yeah. really. I mean, they're, they're ma- they've just got so much character, and they're a proper driver's car. And yes, you know, I, and I just you have to be think, Lewis
0: Hamilton to drive one of them.
1: <laughs> I just think they're great. So it would have to be a, a proper Shelby, you know, blue one, white stripes, um, white side pipes. Well, the story
0: that goes, of goes of that one of his he, he was going to buy it. Um, and he wants to get checked out, and he got Carol Shelby to check it over. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. well, that's your best. You can when, you, you, too, when you, so. you, you, you... Yeah, but that, that, to me, but I just think because it's, I'm sure a lot of it is because my dad had had, had one when I was younger, but I love the, the passion of, of the car and, and really how much it was a game changer in that era. Yeah, yeah.
0: You see, for me, I'm slightly different. I'd like a Morris Minor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, <yeah. laughs> but I just think that it was, it's, my, me and my brother got given one, um that we sadly we couldn't resurrect mm-hmm. um and we both loved it the character of it and it was this this little muggy thing and it was so mechanical to drive and yeah. such a simple thing and i'd love a morris miner mm-hmm. and there's a company down in, in the west country somewhere called charles ware and they they, they their business is all about preserving morris miners you mm-hmm. know because they, they quite often become heirlooms these things yeah. people have them for generations you know yeah uh, and they can if you keep on top of them they just keep going you're know, yeah. so simple and all the parts are still there and everything else and yeah, I'd, I'd like to get onto one of those.
1: Well, yeah, my nan learnt to drive her. Yeah, so did my mum.
0: Yeah, things have moved on by the time we got to that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just to finish off then, I thought we'd better touch on a little bit of driving since that's what we're all about. Mm. Um, and given the time of year, this weekend apparently we're due to get a load of snow. Um, we've had a load of snow up north. Yeah. um but it's coming down to your part of the world down to the <laughs> south yeah yeah
1: down, yeah we're not so used to it down at south. yeah
0: know, and the funny thing with me with snow and ice i mean it, it's fairly obvious that you've got to do things slowly and gently but modern cars are absolutely pathetic in the snow <laughs> uh and a lot of that is down to the tires because you mm, get like oh, a absolutely. modern car you know what what you know the big fat tires aren't everything else well, make them a disaster in the snow
1: well i mean a lot of us <laughs> and i'm guilty of this you you want a nice big rim on the car because it obviously looks good um but that's no good of course when it gets to the winter time and you're right i mean we get it a lot don't we with uh, we meet a lot of clients that um have bought an suv a very nice oh, yeah, that's a classic capable suv as well um and assume well that would be great for all year round and winter and in country roads that kind of thing but then forget that the tires that it's come on is a summer or probably a summer tire. Or a
0: sports tire, yeah.
1: Um yeah, and a sports tire. So obviously as soon as it gets to what below seven degrees, that kind of thing. So it doesn't even have to be snow, that's the thing. No. Anything below seven degrees, um, most tyre manufacturers, you know, the summer tire or competition tire, anything like that, um, doesn't really cope as well, does no, it? No.
0: Because of the way they're made up, it's a bit like a slick tire. They have to have some warmth in them to make them work. Mm. Um which are below seven degrees and you know it works. If you get a winter tire, it's not bothered what the temperature is. Because mm-hmm. the compound is made out of the same stuff as an eco tyre. Um so they made you know this the compound isn't bothered whether it's hot or cold. And we've found, you know, stuff that we've done, a winter tire actually works well all year round, really. You it don't does, get the yeah. ultimate grip.
1: No, that's that is the But one it's
0: thing. fairly consistent. The guy could good front yeah. to drive on to be fair. They move a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're I'm they're not like sure that's great. Race the, yeah, I'm not sure that's great for the <laughs> Probably road Probably not but, the point of them, you know. But yes, it's something to certainly be mindful of. Um, and I mean, the other common mistake is people buying cheap tyres as well, because it's not fun, is it? Buying tyres and most people on a budget and think, right, okay, I'll get these. They look the same as those ones over there, but they're 200 quid less or whatever it is. But uh, unfortunately, when it gets when it comes to tyres, especially, you get what you pay for.
0: Yeah, you you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And that's something. If it if it does snow, think twice about whether you need to go out. In all Mm -hmm. honesty. Unless you, car.
1: yeah. Unless you've got
0: because it cause isn't going to work.
1: The other thing is as well is stability and traction control because a lot of people think, well, it's got stability, and traction, yeah. it's four wheel drive, um, which is all great stuff. But if it's got the wrong footwear on, it's a bit like trying to go ice skating without any skates on. Yeah. You know, you could be the best ice <laughs> yeah. skater on the planet, but all well, of going, a sudden, yeah, <laughs> trekking
0: you're your not stilettos. great anymore. Yeah.
1: Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's it's all down to that footwear. So it is certainly something. To just bear in mind, really, especially as we're selling more and more SUVs in the UK. It's one of the the biggest markets now, isn't it? For families, because they're such good all-round cars, ultimately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So there you go. So that's the end of our first episode. We just um, Let's give you a little idea of the kind of things that we're going to talk about um, moving forward. So if there's anything you'd like us to cover... Uh, anything you agree with or disagree with then just just let us know <laughs> or any
1: any questions at all so really we just try and cover I mean the stuff about us will be less and less as time goes on yeah and it' be hopefully we'll, we'll have um, other people it's on just to, to give interview an idea of where we're coming from really. exactly uh, and um, really find out about other people's journeys within motorsport and the industry really but yeah we, we, we're massively passionate about cars road cars supercars motorsport and driving so that's really kind of all the topics. I um, will try and sort of cover the latest sort of news and things each each week if anybody does have obviously any questions um, or even any ideas for episodes as well um, then you can give us a shout on instagram facebook or twitter so Veloci Driving, um, or our website as well which is also www.velocidriving.com so uh, yeah please feel free to get in touch um, and even if you want to tell us about your favorite classic car or whatever it might be we'd love to hear from you
0: Wonderful. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat MP and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.